When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Directing traffic from the base of the ruck, it's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the Rugby Run on SCNZ. But a ruthlessness as well in terms of the It's two past one o'clock here on SENZ Sunday afternoon and the rugby run. Uh, no Justin Marshall today, but uh, tell you what, the co-hosts just get better and better looking. Steve Devine in studio. How are you, sir? I'm well, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks, happy Father's man. Day. Hey, and you too. You too. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. Did the boys come to the party? No. Oh. Not yet. Well, not yet. Let's, uh, he's still hoping maybe an afternoon surprise. surprise. Yeah, maybe. Fingers crossed. Yeah, desperate, desperate need of undies and socks this year too. De- <laughs> desperate. Oh God, it's it's commando divine. <laughs> <laughs> too much information, right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, people at home. Yeah, that yeah. was that was too far. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to you all, and uh, you know uh, what better way to celebrate Father's Day than an emphatic All Blacks win? Where where has that been? Yeah, it's a long time coming. Um, yeah, they they look good. They they certainly show they turned up with a bit of intent. I, it hurt them the week before. I actually wasn't. I was angry the week before, but I wasn't too upset because I knew that they were trying. They were actually trying some stuff, which I liked. Um, but this week, it was just uh, it was just attitude, straight attitude adjustment. Turned up, um, physical, and just got it done. 
What are those things that you saw last week that you think clicked this week? Well, I think for the first time in a long time, we, we're trying to see all black runners run around people rather than straight over the top of them, um, which I like, which I I sort of see um, Joe Smith involved there um, already. I see I see um, the line-out for a large part of last week's so line-out and um, defence to Rolly Moore has been pretty good since Jason Ryan's involved. Yeah. Um, so, it, mate, I, I do – I. I, I Last week they weren't great on uh, looking after the ball. Right, we we really got dealt to there, particularly in that second half. We really struggled to maintain possession, which is which is a big thing. But you know, you look at you look at this week and boom, they're into it with a with a bit of attitude adjustment. They um we were able to hang on to the ball for long phases, and and that's the difference in the modern game today. How much did that first kickoff set the scene for the game? Yeah, well, just before kickoff, I was thinking to myself, I should put. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of the uh, Argentinians warming up, mm. and I sent a lot of drop passes, and I was just like, um, "Here you've we had, go." You've had your win. I yeah, I thought uh, they're, they're not quite as on song already in the warm up. What I seen is what they were the week prior, and I was thinking to myself, thirteen plus would be probably a pretty good bet right about now. Um, but having hammered my TAB account in the last uh, few weeks, yeah. um, I didn't have a lot of money put on it. So it was that was that was the reason why. That was the reason why, boys. I hope you're listening. Uh, Father's Day uh, TAB vouchers. <laughs> uh, there you go. Is that a thing? Can Is, you do that? Yeah, you can. Oh, if I only known. Oh, there you go. I got I got one from uh, my my cousin and her um, boyfriend from for my fiftieth. They gave they gave me a fifty dollar TAB voucher. Wow. How long like, did that last? Uh, not very. And, I didn't <laughs> and what I what I invested it on didn't work. So uh, I appreciate it, Sir and Brett. But yeah, there you go. That's a story for another time. Um, so I mean, there were some interesting calls or non calls, I guess. I mean, I think a lot of people went after that first test against the Pumas. They have to make personnel changes now, and they really didn't make a lot. Did that surprise you? No, I, th- I thought they keep. <laughs> I just think that that second half was just an attitude thing, like. I could see what they were trying to do. They, it was just an attitude. The, the Argies were hungrier. They wanted it more. They were tough over the top of the ball. Northern Hemisphere ref, you know, we were playing those those rules that if anyone's on the ball, you get the turnover. You know, it was just, it wasn't, um, it just was an attitude thing last mm. week. So I, 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 yeah, I thought that there wouldn't probably be a lot of changes. I, I'm still a, a big fan to see Will Jordan have a run around at fullback. Um, I, I think Christie's maybe our better halfback uh, option. Uh, just a bit quicker, but uh, yeah. Other than that, I, did, I didn't have thought there'd be a lot of changes, and you know, I, I think they're pretty comfortable with Geordie at the back now. I don't think we're going to see a lot of change there, other than injury. Yeah, well, actually, on the on the halfback thing, then because you know a little bit about that position, um, having played there for the All Blacks, um, you kind of got a got a bit of insight. Where where are we at the moment? Because I, I look at it and think, you know, Aaron Smith's the incumbent. Um, Finlay's pushed himself through to being second in line ahead of Brad Weber. Uh, ahead of TJ Pietanata. Uh Falau Fakatava was in the mix for a while, but seems to have dropped off as well. So where are we at the moment? Yeah, uh, I, personally, I'd have I'd have Christie at one and uh, Aaron Smith. I I like Fakatava because he he runs right, and if you bring him on late in the second half, you got tied forwards. You can have a few of those sniping runs around around the ruck. But he um, unfortunately just got caught in that second second Irish test. He got caught. Um, with his hands on the ball a few times, and uh, you know, wasn't great. So I, um, they're a bit nervous. I think maybe a little bit too young. Uh, another full super campaign, but yeah, I like them. Um, I like them. They haven't really been in a position where they've been able to trial too many things over the last uh, couple of months. It's just been, let's just get a win. 
So, yeah, I, mate, I just, for me, Christy, it's just the speed, right? You're playing big man. You're playing those really hard, brutal uh, breakdown collisions and a lot of heat on the ball. If you, if you can just get it going quickly, you know? Quick, quick ball over the advantage line. You're gonna, you're gonna make big gains on big men, right? That's how you beat big, massive teams. Quick, quick, quick ball over the advantage line, and and he helps us do that. He, he's the new Aaron Smith. He, you know, that's what Aaron Smith was famous for was that quick ball. And you know, he's got a, a bit older and he's slowed down a little bit, but um, you know, Christie's there. I, I, I'd certainly give him a go, and then yeah, look for Fakatava in that last little bit to, to come on and and um. You know, have a have a crack at the big boys that are tight. Well, well I mean, we've got two tests to be against the Wallabies coming up now. Will the uh, will playing the Wallabies suit Fakatava more than say playing the Springboks or the Irish? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the Aussies are going to try and win a game, right? Um, we seen last night they they tried to win a game uh, against the Springboks. We're just we're just beaten up front. You know, they they had bugger all go for them, bugger all ball. So. Uh, I, I, you know, it's bad. I just think they're going to come out and try and play good rugby. They're going to throw it around and try and play good rugby, and, and that's the that's the game us Kiwis love. Um, yep. That's how we what's we what we're good at. And Fakatawa will come into his own in in the last twenty minutes. So there is a possibility, but I, I think for the first one, definitely the first one, um, and not next week, the week after, they're going to run pretty much the same team out as last weekend. I would imagine. Yeah, try and try and get the win and keep the get a win. Low safe. Lock, lock the bladders low up. Go a big way to locking up the, the um, rugby championship, mm-hmm. and then um, maybe have a little bit of a play around at Eden Park. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do there. So, if you're a Hawks Bay fan, you're a Chiefs fan, you're probably sitting there going, "What's Brad Weber done wrong?" Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, mate. I, I was his biggest fan at the end of last year, mm. and. Um, you know, yeah, it's 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 hard sometimes. It's a game inches, isn't it? You just you just wrong spot, a little injury there. You had a few injuries super through the super campaign, and he you know just didn't have the best super campaign, unfortunately. And um, you know, you look at PJ TJ as well. He's yeah. he's been around for a long time, and you know, went away, he's come home, hasn't quite been on top of his form, and and they've. There's two halfbacks that are playing pretty good footy. Yeah. So uh, at the moment, I mean, if we had to rank the top five halfbacks in the country, um, I, I'd, I'd rank Weber above Fakatava to mm. start a game. Yeah. But probably not to finish a game. I okay. think I think Fakatava. If they go with Smith, then then I'm going Christie. But if they go with Christie, I'm probably going Fakatava for for that last twenty yeah. over over anyone else. Only for that last twenty, and then um, and then Weber. TJ um, is probably probably the way I the way I see so things. TJ at number five. Do you think he's done an All Black jersey unless we get injuries? I never say never. Sometimes uh, sometimes when you want enough, you, you go away and you you put in some pretty hard yards, and um, you know you you iron out a few issues. He's probably come back a little bit unfit. The games the games a lot different in Japan, and um, he probably didn't have to work as hard. So he uh, he's probably not quite on top of his game and. It's taken most guys when they've come back a little bit of time to adjust. Yeah, uh, Brody, you know, he didn't come back in in great shape. Um, so yeah, it's you know he, he can have a big off season, come back and have a real, real good crack at it next year. Yeah, oh, well, interesting to see what uh, what they do to uh, come that first Wallabies uh, test. Zade has called through on oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. G'day, Zade, how you doing? Yeah, all right, thank you. Um, the All Blacks result, yeah, good game last night. I think someone that I was really impressed with, and he seems to get a lot of bad um, negativity in the press, was Rico Ioane um, last night. Um, I think he just needs to stay in, sense, in the centres. Um, everyone keeps on making this debate about the wing, but 
he's not there. And I thought Caleb Clark had a great game in the wing last night. Um, I was quite impressed with Ethan DeGroote. Um, was quite good. Um, I, I'm still not sure about the other prop, though, about Lomax. I'm not sure what your guys' views are on as well, on if Nipo Lalara or Offatunga Fassi can make it back into the team. Um, or Angus Talva, I'm not sure what's happening with those three, but they seem to fall out a bit of a love with these new props that are in. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what, what you guys' thoughts are on that. Mate, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go too much into the propping situation because uh, I still don't know what a loose and a tight head prop is. So, <laughs> uh, mate, I, I, they were strong. They pushed hard. The scrum looked pretty good for me. So, um, in terms of props, that's all I sort of look at. Um, mate, Rico was outstanding. Um, he made it just is it's such a difference when he, he he catches the ball and he's running at full pace compared to when he's catching the ball flat footed and I think last night we seen him get the ball uh, he was at full noise you know he can use some good footwork he's got great feet and uh, and he beats some people and you know that's 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 his game we just got to get him the ball early get him get him up to pace uh, let him run hard at the line and use his feet and you know that's that's what he does. Yes, I mean, I think Roger will get another. They'll release a bunch of All Blacks back for the next round of the MPC, and those guys will all get a run, won't they? I think pretty yeah. much everybody. They yeah. might wrap a couple in Cotton Wool. Yeah, uh, Roger. I know Roger played for Auckland yesterday. Got half a half a game in mm. the second half. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people go back to NBC, but yeah, I mean, there was there were some pretty good performances last night. I thought Sam Kane was outstanding again. Um, His best game in a couple of years. He was. He's come off a horrendous Super campaign where he's injured pretty much the whole time, and what he's done over the last two months in All Blacks jump has been quite incredible. Actually, I was, you know, I was surprised he was given the nod at the start of the year, but um, I, I can't. I think. Every single one of the test matches this year, he has been outstanding. His leadership and uh, what he's done around the field, I, I've just made. He's he's in the best form of his life, and and last night to see him run into a few holes was was um, was icing on the t- on the on top of the cake, really. Yeah, I mean his defense in the first half too was really solid, made some massive hits, and I guess for Ian Foster and for Sam Kane, the captain and the coach, both under pressure, what what better place to take them when they need a win than the hometown? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know Sam was—he's been outstanding. He's taken some heat, man, but hasn't he? You know, hasn't he just stood up and the absolute sign of an absolute champion, you know, and, and a leader that just goes—you know—follow me, boys. I'll—I'm um, taking some heat, but um, jump on board and and uh, watch me do it. So I've just been blown away with what he's done in the last couple of months. Yeah, I'm not sure who counties he got next week, but I'm thinking that Hoskins, Satutu, Dalton, Papali'i might be getting a run for them, so uh, yeah. they might be worth jumping on. I think they had a run two weeks ago as they well. Did, they had yeah. a run around, so yeah, it's certainly um, it's certainly good seeing provincial rugby with a few with a few of the big boys back in there running around, right? It certainly adds a, a, a little bit to the spectacle. Just lifts everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So keep your thoughts coming through to us. Double eight double three is the Timber Bed Post text machine, or you could call us 0800 150 you make of last night? Have the All Blacks turned a corner, or is it another false dawn? We seem to go win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. What's going to happen when we face the Aussies? Let us know. 0800 150 or double eight double three. It's 19 past one here on the Rugby Run on SENZ. Ricardo Paul, Steve Devine with you, and Dave joins us as well on 0800 150 811. G'day Dave, how are you? Hey, look, um, pitching on the racing, Gustafi might get on to him. Um... Uh, uh, Cherry Lane, um, Nick Bashara was one won the hurdles in the, in the first with Kevin Myers. He's got a horse run in the ninth race today. It's paying 15 on the toe at the moment. I know Nick quite well. 
Nice, nice, good stuff, mate. Sorry, sorry what was the name of that horse again? <laughs> Cherry Lane in the ninth race, race nine, number seven. Okay. Bashara tra- uh, trains it. There you go. He, nice. he, he, won, he won with Kevin Myers. Um, he owned that one, the horse that won the hurdle race. I mean, uh, yeah. On it. A, a, yeah, and he's got three at a matter matter on, on Wednesday, too. I think Bashara, yeah. Uh, how confident are you, Dave? I'm pretty confident I've backed his horses before. That, yeah. he's, he's a good trainer, Nick Bashara. He goes all right, mate. He, he's, he goes all right. Who do you rate? Who do you rate higher, Nick Bashara or uh, Ian Foster? Uh, I'd probably uh, Ian Foster, but, but 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 if you want to make money, I suppose the <laughs> when it's paying fifteen when it's paying fifteen dollars on the tote at the moment here. Yeah. But the All Blacks won well, won well last night. The Port played more like an All Black team. Yeah, they were certainly uh, they certainly turned up to play footy. No one's going to uh, disagree with that one, eh? They were they were there to rumble. No, no. They were the rumble, and and good to see Brodie Metallic on the field too. Yeah. How much of a difference did he make? Hey, the impact, um, Steve, off the bench. He made, he, he made a big difference, big difference, because uh, you know, he's got all that experience in the team, and I missed. I think I missed him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he well, experience. You can't buy experience, right? So uh, he turned up. Uh, he was physical. He got over the ad line when he needed, and uh, yeah, it's good to have the big man back. All right. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Thanks for your call, Dave. Um, 0800 or double eight double three. This is uh, the Rugby Run. We are talking All Blacks. Uh, we're talking the Pumas. And, of course, we'll talk about a Wallaby Springboks as well. But it has uh, evened out this comp, hasn't it, Steve? I mean, everybody's played for one, two, lost two. Yeah, she's pretty even. Uh, one point amongst the four teams. Um, it's going to be interesting, I think. Um the Argies, the Argies and the Africans have a bit of travel to do, but um, yeah, it's going to come down. You know, we we need two bonus point wins basically to hang on to to hold the trophy. So, um, is it doable? I, I think it's very doable. I think we are in a position where we can probably beat the Aussie pack up a little bit, like like we like to do. Um, be pretty direct with them. There few injuries. They struggled last night. A couple of head knocks. They had halfbacks playing on the wing and Tupo didn't play, did he? Yeah. So yeah, it was um, uh, yeah. So they're they're a bit fragile at the moment, the Aussies. But uh, on their day, like like anyone on their day, they can they can get the job done. We just got to uh, be physical. Physical is the things with the Aussies. You just let them do what they want to do, and you're in for a tough day. But if you can get on top of them, shut them down, then um, then you can generally contain them. What about the Pumas? Um, I mean, we saw what they did to the All Blacks in Christchurch. We saw what they did the, to the Aussies in their second test in Argentina. Can they take a win off the box? I think so. Um, on their day, like uh, two weeks ago in Christchurch, on their day, they, you know, most teams in the world would have struggled to beat them. If they if they can produce that performance um, in their day, I think they can beat anyone. And, uh, you know, just like the Africans proved as well um, last night, when they turn up, they're going to be hard. But, gee, their average team when they don't turn up, mm. you know, uh, last week against um, against the Wallabies, they were they were they were terrible. Well, I'll tell you what I noticed last night about the about the Springboks, which I haven't seen even when they beat us um, over over in South Africa this season, was the amount of running rugby they played and how open they were. I think that's that's the most attractive rugby I've seen from a Springbok team in a long time. Yep, yeah, I think uh, uh, um, Williamson at ten yeah. helped. I think he he actually legitimately likes to to run the ball. So I certainly think he helped. I was surprised when I didn't see uh, Pollard there, but um, yeah. Pollard's very good at what he does, and I rate him very highly. But um, 
yeah, kicking and kick chasing, and that's about it. Um, very Northern Hemisphere team. Very boring footy to watch, and but yeah, I mean the Africans did. They went wide a couple of times and scored tries, um, which we haven't seen a lot of. But it, they're not great at doing it. They, yeah. They're still better at putting up a bomb and, and kicking. Uh, one of their tries, one of their tries was you know the, um, Nick White was playing in the centres um, due to injury, and he got skinned on the outside, which set up a try. So, you know. <laughs> They, they, you know, they skinned us a halfback in the centres. It wasn't, you know, you should be able to do that. Should be able to, yeah. Nick White, boy, they, the South Africans love him, don't they? Oh, mate. He, you know what about him? Let's say this right now. Nick White, I'm glad I'm going to get a chance to say this. He's ruined rugby for every little man that ever played rugby. <laughs> every little person that got in the fight, played the big man, were tough and strong and got amongst it. You know, he just, he just threw it all away last week by being an idiot. Yeah. Absolute. He should be. A, he should have been given three weeks suspension. I reckon for feigning injury. Just for being a. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Yeah. Just for being a dick. Yeah. That's, he was just a dick, and he should have been given three weeks. He shouldn't have been selected. His own teammates should have said, "Mate, that's unacceptable. Go and have go and have some time on a beach to think about that. Go and sit down. A, a beach that had crocodiles on it too, by the way." <laughs> Uh, we've had a couple of texts come through on double eight double three. Uh, Steve Devine with us today, uh, the um, obviously the chairman of the Nick White fan club. Oh. Um, hey Ricardo and Stevo, isn't it great to see the ABs running onto the ball instead of a standing start? Why haven't we been doing that the last few months? Cheers, Anthony. Well, I've been saying it for about two years now. Yeah, um, it's the difference, and it's the difference trying to tackle someone flat footed or trying to tackle Rico Ioane at full noise. I know mm. what I'd rather be doing and. Finally, we start to get a, a a bit of pace onto the ball, and look look what it does. You get over the advantage line. Well, that pace on the ball, and then the capability at pace to do the footwork that sent Caleb Clark away for the second try. Yeah, and um, you know, and and footwork off the ball. Sam Kane uh, running running into a hole. You know, we haven't seen him run into a hole for a long time. He's no. he's taking collisions. So great to see, and uh, you know, it reeks of Joe Schmidt. It just reeks of him uh, running, changing angles. Um, you know. Um, Great to see big men, big random, big men running at a one-on-one tackler, uh, getting a shoulder. You're going to get over the venge line. Big men running into a brick wall. Sometimes it's pretty hard, and and that's been the difference the last few years. 100, 100 percent agree with that. Another text has come through from Andy on double eight double three. Hi lads, great game by the AB. Seemed like they played with a lot more variation and confidence. Just curious on Steve's thoughts. Uh, Steve's thought on why they played so different compared to last week in Christchurch. What changed so much in the space of seven days? What changed? Uh, the uh, attitude, one hundred percent attitude. They turned up. They were embarrassed last week. They were. That hurt them. They turned up to training on Monday and they trained the house down, angry. They turned up on Tuesday and they trained the house down, angry. And and sometimes that's all it is in rugby. The angrier team um, is the more dominant team in collision, and you get over the advantage line, and things get a lot easier. And um, and that that was the difference. There you go. We prepared better than Argentina, and I, I seen that in the warm up. You mentioned that in the warm ups about the Argies spilling the ball, dropping yeah. a few passes. Do you think? I mean, the consistency of all the teams in this competition has been uh, pretty ordinary. Do you think for the the Pumas, it was a bit like they won their cup final last week? Probably not their final, but they were. They would have celebrated. Um, you, you've had a team that's gone out and celebrated and had a hell of a time because it uh, was a great achievement and you've had another team that probably went home, sat in their room and headbutted a wall for, for 12 hours. Mm. You know, it's certainly, it's an attitude adjustment that, um, 
you know, that that goes a long way um, to winning a footy match. And, you know, one team would have been all happy, smiley jokes to probably about Tuesday or Wednesday and the other team probably uh, eating raw meat and, and slapping each other around a bit. So um, that's that's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. yeah. How much raw meat did you eat when you were in the All Blacks and how many slaps did you get? Yeah, got a few. <laughs> I was pretty fast, so I missed a few, but I certainly <laughs> a lot more aimed at me than, than I got. Um, another text has come through from Ken Ricardo and Steve the Joe Schmidt influence was clear last night with the back line finally clicking and Rico just a joy to watch and agree Christie starting at nine uh, it was a great game from the All Blacks yeah they just Thanks, uh, yeah I mean running on the ball with pace um, the, the, Rico's probably he's still a kid you know we've got to remember he's, he's not by a long way a, a um, mature or at his peak, he's he's still a kid and he's still trying to find his way a little bit. And you know, he's gonna his performances are, might be up and down a little bit because he's still trying to figure it all out. But geez, an athlete like he is just a big, strong, fast boy. He's got great feet. Um, you know, he can tackle. He can he can get over the ball and steal ball. He's 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 a weapon, mate. And we just need to just give him time and be patient with him because he's he'll get there. He's only twenty five. Yeah, he's, I mean he's still got two years. Three years before he's at his peak, right? Yeah. I so, mean, and you consider how long Ma was good for. Yeah. You know, um, and Ma and Conrad. I mean, those, those guys were still, you would say, were the world class in positions at thirty two, thirty three. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, I mean the world, the world, the world's at his feet. He is just, he's a super athlete, and um, yeah, just give him some time, people. Just relax and give him time. He's a kid. Let him figure it out. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was good to see. I know a few people. One of the criticisms of his game is that. Even at centre, he holds the ball too much. He doesn't pass enough to the wing. He, he tries to go. But last night we saw more of that. Like, I mean, like I said, I've already mentioned the Caleb Clark try, the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he might. Yeah. Well, he's big and strong. Let him carry to contact if he wants to, you know. Uh, but yeah, he passed well. Um, mate, he just he turned people inside out multiple times. Just used great footwork. And it, it's great to see him. And uh, pace. The Aussies will struggle to contain him um, if he's in that sort of form. No doubt if we can get him some front football uh, with a bit of space, it's, uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Looking forward to a couple of weeks' time. That first Bledisloe tested is half past one here on the Rugby Run. When we come back, former All Black hooker James Parsons is going to join us. It's 26 away from 2 o'clock here on SENZ. This is the Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine with you. Uh, James Parsons, former All Black Hooker, is going to join us shortly. Uh, they have had another text come through, actually. Steve, get your take on this. What did you make of the handshake snub oh, yeah. uh, at the uh, at the end of the game? Um, well, there was a couple, wasn't there? Because there was Pablo Matera and Dane Coles, but there was also uh, Joe Schmidt and Jason Ryan in the, in the box. Yeah, that was a sideshow. That one was. <laughs> uh, that was that was right up there with the Prime Minister, the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, by the uh, three the three way handshake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, interesting. Um, obviously, there was some feeling out there. Um, there was a bit of a push and shove at one stage during the match when Coles came on and at a scrum, and that obviously tensions were pretty high, and a bit of a bit of trash was getting spoken. So yeah, I mean you don't often see that at the end of match. The uh, the full, I'm not shaking your hand and yeah, take the, a push on the chest. Yeah, go away. Um, but I mean, hey, there's feeling out there, right? Yeah. Um, it means it means a lot to people, um, which which makes it good. And it's it's uh, you know bad sportsmanship or you know passionate. It's a it's a fine line sometimes. Mm, yeah, I mean I've seen it happen in other sports, but generally it's before the game, not after the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's passionate, right? You mm. you you put your body on the line, and you know they went from the highs last week of winning and playing so well to 
to the lows of not really even being in it and getting a 50 point thrashing so you know emotions are high and um, I'm sure I'm sure they would have had a beer after the match it was just probably just a little bit too soon straight after the game yeah a little bit too who's somebody that you wanted to give a decent shove uh, rather than shake their hand at the end of a match Oh, I was pretty angry. I was little, mate. I was pretty angry. <laughs> so um, is that's going to take a while? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could start. I could start now, but I don't think the viewers want to hear my list of 7,000 people that I um, didn't want to speak to after a match. No, I mean, sometimes sometimes you know you're beaten and beaten mm. fair and squarely, and, and that's part of it. But, um, yeah, there's, there were people that sort of that you didn't like playing. Um, George Grugan comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I, I think most of New Zealand would, given a chance, would – would wallop him if they could get hold of him. Yeah, um, that was part of the issue. Yeah. I, I had a good chance once. Uh, it was the semifinal, um, 2003 semifinal, Blues Brumbies Eden Park. Last maybe minute of the match and uh, the ball sped out behind the Brumbies and he slid down on the ground to to collect the ball and I was like, this is my chance for New Zealand. This is yeah. my chance, people. Are you going to thank me for it? And I went in with everything I had yeah. and um, – Gus Collins got there just before and grabbed him and turned him around and we just had the biggest head collision. Knocked me out cold for like 20 minutes. Wow. And uh, yeah, I wasn't able to play the final the following week, but um, I got a stretcher into the change rooms. Um, Gus Collins actually um, got up and played on, but he um, he thought he was playing for the Brumbies and we ended up scoring a try. He stood in the in-gold area with the Brumbies in their huddle um, wow. thinking, thinking that he was playing with them. That is a head knock. Yeah, it was a goodie, mate. I almost got him. I was as close as I got. <laughs> and he was oblivious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Didn't even know he'd been hit. But oh. yeah, man, I wore it. Mate, that's that's ugly. That's not flash. That's not flash. I'd do it again, Bart, if I had a chance. Yeah. I'd but I'd just yeah. readjust a little bit, you know. So Gus, wait. Yeah, just I got this one, Gussie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all mine. It's all mine. I uh, just struggling to get hold of James Parsons at the moment. But I mean one of the things that I want to talk to Jipper about when we get him on is uh, depth and the all black hooking stocks because you know if we look at the current um, squad, so someone's only Tokiaho is clearly the number one. Yep. Cody Taylor's had a bit of a mere. I thought he had a pretty good Super Rugby season, but he's he's, he's his form's gone off a cliff. Um, and so you got Dane Coles coming, who's thirty seven come the World Cup, right? So there's not a lot of future behind Tokiaho that I'm looking at in terms of what's in the all black camp. I suppose behind them, what it's Almour, but he's kind of disappeared. Yeah. Eklund got a chance with Mouldy, but we haven't really seen any more from him. Yeah, I know they're taking a tour, a New Zealand A tour, up to the UK at the end of the season. Mm. So it's certainly going to be a good chance for a few of those boys to to blood themselves. I I, I assume Kurt Eklund would have to be pretty close. He'd mm. probably be my first cab off the rank if we needed another hooker. But you're right. Um, yeah, uh, Cody Taylor. Uh, it's just those lineout woes, right? They've, I don't know where they've. He hasn't thrown a crooked lineout in in eight years, and then all of a sudden he's he's got three or four in a row. Um, and he's pretty much thrown to his Crusaders teammates, so not a lot's changed for him. It's pretty much a Crusader pack, and he's got his Crusaders forwards coach. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what's going on there, but um, yeah, yeah, you hope he bounces back pretty quickly. Um, and. Um, yeah, thirty-seven is is it is it is is that that old? Well, I mean, it's if I suppose you could argue that he's had a couple of years where he hasn't played a lot of footy, so maybe thirty-seven isn't as old as it seems because he's maybe got a bit more time in his legs still because he hasn't played a lot the last two years. If you get my meaning, oh. but still, thirty-seven top-end rugby as a hooker yeah, does nah. seem you know, if, especially if you're relying on him to be your, your your cover off the bench. If he's the number two, that seems. 
pretty old for if you want to win a World Cup. Yeah, I mean, 37 uh, is old for rugby, but certainly doesn't feel old where I'm sitting right now. No. Um, but yeah, mate, he, but a little bit of experience to help the young boys out, um, using off the bench. But if there's an injury, I guess you, he's got to go, you know, 79 minutes if if if, if the injury's early. Would, would he be able to do that? Um, yeah. I'm not sure he's pretty injury prone as well himself the last few years with his calves, mm. like some serious calf issues. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, we we need it. We need, certainly wouldn't be bad thing having another hooker. Mm. I mean, and how much has the early retirement of Nathan Harris and Liam Coltman disappearing off overseas hurt us? Do you think in terms of depth? Well, it's starting to show up now pretty quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, because um, those guys, were, how how in the frame do you think they were or would have been about now? Yeah, right on the edge. Well, right now they'd be like, yeah, hang on, here we go. Here's my chance. But uh, unfortunately, for for eight years or so, they were those two had it. You know, there was QE between them. So. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Sometimes it's a tough one. You lose a bit of um, a bit of firepower offshore, and you sort of you start to get a bit lower. But um, I'd rate Kurt uh, Eklund to, to have a good crack in the ABs. I think he's pretty pretty strong scrummager. Um, line out throws pretty solid. He gets the odd one uh, a little bit wayward, but um, yeah, that that'd probably be the only real issue. But yeah. I'm always been there and thereabouts. He must be due for some form. Yeah, and he's just re-signed with Wellington through to 2025, I see. So he's going to hang around for a bit. Okay. Um, well, yeah, that's good news. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think yeah, almost like the second five position as well. I, I don't think we're super strong. I don't think we're super strong in that position. So, um, yeah. Which is which is funny because, I mean, you know, when we were talking during the Super Rugby season, we were going, man, we've got so much depth in the middle of the in, in midfield. You know, we were talking about Thomas Ubanga Jensen yeah. out of the Highlanders. We were talking about Goodhue Inor Harvili out of the Crusaders. Uh, we were talking um, about, obviously, Roger and Rico at the Blues. Uh, Alex Nankerville, I thought, was probably one of the best midfield backs of Super Rugby. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we've lost Anton Leonard Brown, you know, I don't know for how much longer, but he's he's out for a while. So there, there, there seems to be a, a, quite a bit of depth there. It's just. Um, just not get, clicking it. Just getting up to that next level, right? Just mm. and there's not a lot of time to start blooding people at that next level, which is uh, concerned. I know probably a big reason why we got that New Zealand A tour. Yeah. Um, I would think um, Thomas Umanga Jensen would be a shoe in for a number twelve position in in, in, that uh, in that team if he's fit. Uh, this text has just come through too on double eight double three. I thought both Southern Hemisphere refs had great games, which helped the ABs. Also thought Ben O'Keefe was outstanding in the uh, Wallabies South Africa game, which was more physical. Yeah, we, we certainly struggle with our Northern Hemisphere friends refereeing, don't we? Um, that's um, I don't know. It's just it just becomes a faster game, and we enjoy the faster game, and other teams find it hard to keep up. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. I, I, <laughs> Unfortunately, the rules, the rules, and the governing bodies are all up in the northern hemisphere. So let's let's be honest. We're not going to get any favours, and was particularly when it comes in and around the World Cup. I imagine I haven't seen it, and I don't know, but I imagine we would get a French referee um, at the next World Cup pretty much every game. Yeah, well, particularly except for the first game, particularly quarter, yeah, <laughs> particularly quarter final, semi final, final. If it goes that far, I guarantee we'll have a northern hemisphere ref. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, mate. You're probably right. Which, is concerning, right? Mm, but yeah. hey, I'm pretty sure they don't want us to win one, so yeah, um, that's what's going to happen. What about uh, what did you make of uh, Eden Etzebeth and uh, Flau Fainga going head to head at the uh, towards the end of that game uh, yesterday over in over in Oz? Because yeah. that was 
That was pretty intense. It got intense. Uh, a couple of little cheeky headbutts yeah. that were there, and we sent a red card for a headbutt earlier in the year. But, um, yeah, it was intense, mate, pushing and shoving. It's not like the old days. She would have been all on, right? Well, I did notice that Flaufanga made a fist yeah. and had it cocked. It yeah. had it ready because Itzabeth had it by the front of the judging. It was just eyes were bugging out, walking yeah. them forward, you know, kind of spitting venom at him. Uh, I did see I did see that. It was a big size fist too. Yeah. Like it was like a dinner plate, right? I was, I was waiting just, for it. I was, I was like, like, is he oh. gonna let it go? Is he gonna let it go? Um, sometimes I wish that yes, that he would have let it go. But um yeah there was some niggle in that game. There was some real serious niggle in that game and um, you know, the Africans again, they um did exactly what the All Blacks did. They they ate a lot of raw meat and they locked themselves in a room and they were pretty disappointed about what they put on the field and, and turned up with a whole heap of attitude and, and it showed and, and again, like the Africans, that was the difference. Yeah. Makes so, massive difference. I tell you, I was trying to figure out why the guy that got yellow carded was the winger out of all of the furore yeah. that went I mean, on. He started by touching Kiribati on the beard. Like yeah. it wasn't really Anything he did, but I guess someone had to go. Um, so yeah, because he was incredulous when he realised it was him that was getting binned. He was like, "What?" Imagine someone like um, Richard Lowe, who um, getting a yellow card for for pushing and shoving and and wrestling. Like he didn't even get yellow cards for for eye gouging and stomping and yeah. forearms to the forehead, you know? So, yeah, the game's come a long way. There's no doubt about that. Different times, mate. Different times. Different times, indeed. It is quarter to two here on the Rugby Run on SENZ. Keep your texts coming through. Double eight double three is the temper bedpost text machine. Or you can call us 0800 150 811. Yeah, this is SENZ, the Rugby Run. Ricardo, Paul, Steve Devine are with you nine away from two. Hopefully we can get James Parsons on after two o'clock to talk about the All Black uh, hooking situation. But you've got a, a take, Steve, on, on, on what you want to see in the 15 jersey. Yeah, I, I, I want to see Will Jordan have a run around at the back. I just think the form he's brought in from Super Rugby is clearly the best 15 in the competitions. The, the Aussies struggled to touch him. Um, at the back with that free free running game both sides so I like keep him on the wing uh, in attack just moving fullback put Jordy on the wing for attack and then when we go back to defence put Jordy at the back he's got that long clearing kick um, he's tall he can take the high ball well he can put us in the positions we need to be defensively uh, but just yeah on attack I'd love to see Will Jordan have a run around mate I just he's just so exciting genuine pace he turns up where there's holes um, and I just think the Aussies have struggled to contain him all year. I just, I, and I just love to see him have a run around. Probably not going to happen the first test, but certainly that second test. If we win the first one, then man, it's a great, great opportunity. I, I guess that's the thing for um, for Foster and Schmidt and, and crew is you want to lock the the bladders low away. Ideally, you'd have that first test at Eden Park, and then you can try things in Aussie. But you got to play the first one on a Thursday night in Melbourne. And then come home, and it's like, do you really want to be messing with the team at Eden Park in front of the home crowd? Oh, yeah, for some reason, <laughs> I, I did say the other day that uh, there's only there's only one record that Foster hasn't broken. <laughs> 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 let's not go down. Let's not talk about uh, Eden Park and that record. So, uh, mate, I, yeah, I mate, they they would have got some confidence out of that game, right? I think I think they can take some confidence into the Aussie game, and um, I just. Attacking, attacking wise, it just makes all sorts of sense to have um, to have Will Jordan at the back um, doing his thing. Probably not the Aussies are probably not going to kick to us as much as say the Africans and as the Irish and as the Argies. So you know they're going to actually try and play a little bit of rugby. 
I would think. And um, I just, yeah, great opportunity just to, man, he's made some line breaks this year and broken tackles with his pace. So, yeah, it'd be, yeah, I'd love to see it, mate. I'm not saying we will, but I'd, I'd, I'd really like to see it. What about, um, because there was a lot made of his 52nd cameo, uh, Stephen Petafeta, um, and obviously now he's not involved. So he may may be involved, I guess, depending on how Bowden's shaped up after after that. So he may be involved against the Aussies, I don't know. But you look to the Northern Tour after uh, these games are over, Damian McKenzie will have spent a bit of time back here playing NPC. I mean, is it down to, is it between those two? And, and which way do you think it would fall? Yeah, well, we've got two number 10s, right? Moanga, Barrett, lock them away. And um, and we're looking for a third. And they both can play. They both play fullback, both cover 10, um, both in reasonable good form. It's it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a big call. And I guess both those boys might get to play a little bit of rugby um, towards the end of MPC. And mm. going away, there's a New Zealand A tour, as we've spoken about. As well, so I guess um, I guess one's going to find one's going to be in one, and one's going to be in the other. And probably thinking about it, you, you're probably likely to more get a bit more game time in the New Zealand A. Those boys might go up to the UK, and they've got three pretty tough games. They have Japan on the way up, I think. Yeah, they have three pretty tough games up there, so they might not get a lot of game time if they were the All Blacks, where the New Zealand A team they might they might get you know three games under their belt, which would be interesting to see. Uh, if they do and how they perform given opportunities because I know Damien McKenzie's been big on not being a 15 but on being a 10 yeah yeah I mean three go to the World Cup right three 10s go to the World Cup so um, there it is it's it's going to be a um, it's going to be an arm wrestle and it's going to a little bit NPC and and, and Super Rugby next year is going to be determined who goes to the World Cup Um, McKenzie's probably uh, possibly a little bit out of favour because he's been away and just come back so um, yeah it's going to be a big super campaign next year Is there any argument for anyone outside of those two? I mean does a Bryn Gatlin with his former Harbour or anyone like that come into the mix do you think? Uh, I, I don't see I'll tell you who I did see on the weekend who I thought was uh, pretty good mm-hmm. is uh, Ray Hanna for the Tanifa Oh yeah he's, uh, he's a big strong boy who can kick and run and tackle um, he had a great game um, Saturday so um, yeah I'd uh there we go, mate. There's a bolter. There was a few boys who played in that Tanifar team that I was like, hey, well, the Blues the Blues could do with that. Um, yeah. Eric Rush's boy, uh, big number six. Yeah. Um, yeah, mate, he, he really impressed. Now, while we're speaking about guys that have shone against Auckland in the NPC this season, what about Caleb Trask? Yeah, mate, I, mate I've, been a, I've been a fan of him for, for two years now. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a world class football player, and he just needs a bit more time. He he's made he's he's the next cab off the rank when we when we start losing maybe the Barrett Samoanas overseas after the World Cup. He he's a class act, absolute class act. There you go. This is the rugby run. You heard it here from uh, Steve Devine, Ricardo Ball with you. Uh, we've got another hour. We're going to be talking to James Parsons hopefully in the next hour about the All Blacks and the hooking situation. And Greg Mardo Martin, former Wallaby, is going to join us as well around twenty past. And we're going to talk Wallabies Springboks. It's just gone two o'clock here on SENZ. This is the Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball and Steve Devine with you. Uh, get your calls coming through 0800 150 811. 0800 Have the All Blacks turned the corner? Was that 53-3 win the catalyst going forward? Or is it another false dawn? What do you think? And what do you expect to see against the Wallabies? Double eight double three is the Temper Bedpost text machine. 0800 150 811. Keen to get your thoughts 
on that, and uh, Steve, I know that you, you are the uh, the president of the Nick White Fan Club, uh, and we'll talk more <laughs> about that a little bit later because Greg Martin is going to come on oh. shortly, and uh, get uh, we'll get it. A take from his point of view, uh, from Wallaby's point of view on the game last night, maybe on the uh, on the Nick Martin situation as well. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to hammer him about something so embarrassing. I, I, it'd be interesting because I mean, Greg Martin's a bit old, is an old school bloke too. So I, I think he'd probably be with you. To be fair, oh, you'd have to be. Like, there's a lot of a lot of men have played some physical rugby and put their bodies on the line for a long time to just be uh, embarrassed by that. Mm. Would just be cringing at what that is uh, at soccer is what it is and it's uh, shouldn't be any part of our game and um, yeah I uh, Nigel Owens actually the great uh, referee yeah. that came out this week and said uh, he would have yellow carded him he would have yellow carded Nick White for fading that for it's not in the spirit of rugby and yeah. he would have put him uh, in the bin for 10 minutes and I, I, I would have went for red, but probably would have got myself in a bit of trouble. So I would have definitely gone yellow. Yeah, I, I absolutely. It was, it was not. It's not part of our game. And um, we, um, you know, we pride ourselves on being tough, and we, we pride our game on being physical. And we, um, we've cleaned it up a little bit lately, um, in and around the head, and and that was just um, in no way an, an impact to the head. And it goes against it goes against rugby and it goes against the spirit of the game and um, he should have been um, he should have been made held accountable for it. Can you imagine the Aussie commentators if that had happened? Uh, I think uh, Harrison was there. He would probably would have agreed with it. Yeah. Um, you know some of the uh, some of the outside backs probably not, but I, I'm picking the forwards would have. Yeah, it would have been all over. Because I, I mean, it's just that's the reason I don't watch soccer, right? Because uh, you have grown men rolling around on the ground as if they've got a broken ankle and then they stand up and play two seconds later or get a stretcher off, have a drink of water and run back on, you know? It's not, uh, yeah, it's not part of our game. It shouldn't be part of our game. We should be, we should, it should be physical and it should be a contest and, um, you know, the biggest and the strongest team win and, and that's no part of our game. Ever no, and uh, yeah, yeah, Nick White did himself no favours. You said the uh, few South African fans spotted him at the airport. Yeah, they, they he was walking through the airport, obviously on the way to to heading back to wherever they're heading to, and uh, they were they're into him saying, "Oh my God, you're out of uh, ICU and uh, you're alive!" <laughs> they were screaming at him, "You're alive!" <laughs> yeah, he looked pretty embarrassed. Yeah, um, so hopefully that continued all week. He didn't have the best. Clearly, something was on his mind because he he had a, he had a shocker performance last night. To be fair, yeah. Um, so he's probably had a tough week, and um, he probably got reminded of it a few times on the field. Yeah, I hope so. Someone should just drop him one flush on the chin and go. That's what it feels like. Now we're even. Yeah, there you go. There's the, there's the one that I got penalised for. See, people would pay money to see that, right? I think so. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. So <laughs> poor poor Wallabies, mate. It's just it just it's 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 an embarrassment on the game, and um, he should be held accountable. Yep, yep. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean. That it's, I don't, know, I don't know if it's a prize is the right term, but what do you think Dave, some, a bloke like Dave Rennie would have said to him in the sheds afterwards? And from a conversely, he's kind of a bit wondering whether or not he'd make the 15 this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's ways you can play a game and there's ways you can't play a game, right? And and that's that's taking it to one extreme. And yeah, I, I, I think it's against. I think it's against Dave Rennie's principles about you know fronting up and putting your body on the line and doing doing your dues for your team and and working hard and playing hard for each other and yeah it's sort of it's everything in the other direction against those sort of morals so yeah I don't yeah I, 
it's it's touch judge type behavior i, I believe just mm. just weak just weak touch judge type behavior okay uh, well the, i mean the depth at um halfback we should talk about that for for the for the wallabies and we'll talk more about this with greg martin too because they had obviously jake gordon there um tate mcdermott is a good halfback i think he's probably their best halfback uh and i see uh in the last week or so tawira kurbalo qualifies to play for the wallabies and has had enough of a stand down period and he's through an interview, basically put his hand up for selection for the Wallabies. Yeah, I believe he's also, um, Dave Rennie's made contact with him and said, you know, um, we're going to have to be in some serious trouble. Um, but yeah, righto, if we if we get to that position where we, we're desperate for a halfback, um, then yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it could be interesting. But maybe, you know, it, it's, it's always going to be tough for an Aussie halfback because you're not very often playing on the front foot you know your pack's not often dominant. That well hasn't, I shouldn't hasn't been for for some time, right? The Aussie pack is, you know, gets pushed around a little bit from time to time. So uh, it's always going to be pretty tough. But uh, you know, shouldn't start playing tiggly winks and doing silly buggers um, because of that. You should just front up and and get it done. And you know, someone like Tate McDermott hasn't taken a backward step from anyone. And, you know, he's, he's half the size of most on the field and he has never taken a backward step to anyone. And it's just, um, you know, it's a slap in the face for him to have someone do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, on that, on that though, on the, on the, um, Tawira Kurbalo going, Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm an all black that's won a world cup. Um, uh, quite happy to throw on a Wallabies jersey given you kind of came the other way in a way. Um, how do you feel about it? Um, yeah, I look, I can't I can't throw stones right. I was an Aussie and moved over here, but I wasn't a Wallaby and moved over here. I'd played a few games of sevens and Australian twenty ones and stuff like that. So I wasn't you know I didn't play any Super Rugby in Australia either. I, I moved over here for an opportunity and got asked to hang around. And then New Zealand Rugby said, you know, if you if you want to have a crack, we'll we'll, we'll give you a crack, but you you know it's going to take some time. And and if you work hard, you, you might get a shot. And that's what I did. Um, this way is this way is the other way around. He's um, been out of New Zealand for three years, and I guess he's eligible for Australia. And he's like, let's go. Like he hasn't played there. As a selector, um, what would it do to every other young halfback in Australia who's on the fringe? Not the Tate McDermott's, but even the other guys that are on the fringe. That um, you know, this could be their big chance to get a call up, and they pluck someone out of the wilderness and let him play. I, I just. It'll put a pretty big riff in the team. I would imagine there'd be a whole lot of young Australian halfbacks who just gone. See you, see you, um, Australian rugby. I'm, I'm out of here if that's how you're going to treat us. So, I, I'm a, I'm a believer that you, you know you got to look after the people that are still playing the game at home, and if if their time's up, it's 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 their time, and and that's the way it is. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. We'll ask uh, Greg Martin about that when we get him on as well. Uh, also, have this text come through. Who would you like to see in the 23 next game in Australia, and who do you think Fozzie will pick? In the in the in the whole team, yeah. Well, the twenty three, it says, yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think it'll change too much. I I think uh, we've seen them two tests in a row now, and uh, I think it'll it'll be other than injuries, it'll be as is. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think anyone played poor enough to play themselves out of position last night. Um, I think it'll be the exact same team. I think the team then for Eden Park may change a little bit, but I think they'll want to get the job done. Where's Akira Yuani sit now? Um, yeah, 
maybe, maybe that's the only change. Maybe maybe Guzzler will come back in um, to lock, and yep. they'll. I think they'll put Scott Barrett back to six. I think that'll be their preferred option. Uh, where does uh, where does he he's he's got to play some footy he's got to play some tough hard footy and he's got to um, you know his work rate's got to be up there to, to give himself a sniff to get back in the team. Well, there's no there's no doubt that he's an amazing athlete. He just he just he's just got to buy his time, work hard, get stuck in, and and wait for his chance again. Mm, yeah, he's got a bit of work to do because Shannon Frizzell's probably gone in front of him again now too. Yep, Frizzell's back playing all right. He was a little bit quiet last night, but. Um, you know, he, he ran and carried hard. Was at the ruck a lot, um, so yeah. I mean, this 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 finding spots in positions. That's what coaches need. But um, yeah, he's probably he's probably jumped back in the queue a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. But it worked to do for Akira Yuanim. Hopefully, we will see him running around in a blue in, a, in an Auckland. I was going to say blue jersey in an Auckland jersey in the NPC uh, next weekend. It's ten past two here on SENZ. The rugby run. Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine, with you. Keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. When we come back, Greg Martin joins us to talk Wallabies. It's a quarter past two here on SENZ. This is your rugby run. Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine, with you, and we head over to Aussie to talk to the great Greg Martin. G'day, mate. How are you, Mato? Yeah, good, Ricardo. Hi, Steve. Hey, mate. How are you? Not too bad. Well, no, I'm not great because I was expecting a lot more from the Wallabies and they let us down again. Well, if it makes you feel better, we weren't, mate. Yeah, you're all right. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it, isn't it funny? Like, what have you guys been? You guys have been losing one, winning one. We're the other way around. We've been winning one, losing one. It's unbelievable. But welcome to the world of Australian rugby where we build up your hopes and then let you down on a weekly basis. Oh, bloody hell. It was awful. Yeah, mate, it's, it's the competition this right this year, right? Um, even even world rugby, international rugby, uh, things have got pretty even amongst all the teams pretty quickly. Yeah, it's going to be the first time you've seen it. Going into a World Cup even a year out, there is normally, oh, three teams might be able to win it. The you know, All Blacks are always in the mix there, but now it's eight. It, it's quite incredible for the world of rugby, but if you're... Uh, if you're if you're a fan of either of our two teams, the ABs or the Wallabies, you're going, Oh, why can't we like that was the first time last night that Dave Rennie had the same starting fifteen. And you thought, right, oh, we can build some combinations heading to the World Cup based on that win against um, South Africa in Adelaide and they just let themselves down. It's gotta be a mindset because they they're still the same players week after week. So it has to be a psychological thing. Thought they were so good and they just had to go on the field and do it again and they just got smashed by the box. Right? It's, Oh, it's disturbing. A full house, the first new te- first test match at the new stadium. It was all built up to be magnificent in the heartland of Australian rugby in Sydney, and then, then the Wallabies go out there and perform like that. Wallaby fans deserve a medal for hanging on. Yeah, mate, it was... Uh... It was it was it was a tough watch. I I'm, I agree with you. I just think uh, the Africans turned up with a different attitude uh, this week than last week, and, and and possibly just like the All Blacks, the um, you know the the Aussies probably weren't quite there after a great win the week before, and you know sometimes it comes down to the inches, and, and attitude is a big part of those inches. Attitude, you're right, mate. Well, attitude to start, and that's why they blew us away early. So the monster said the collision. But there's no real excuse for some of our ball handling and kicking. Like that's you're a professional. You should be able to be consistent week after week in terms of those things, and that can fix attitude while the game's going on. So, oh, I don't know. I know we're building a lot of depth over the last two years with all the injuries and chopping and changing, but that could well be the worst test match the Wallers have put in since Dave Rennie's been coach. 
uh, yeah, they get, how can you go backwards in a week like that? It's not just all attitude. I guess it is attitude. It's psychology, thinking you're too good, thinking it's just going to happen. I don't know when they'll learn, but it's all blacks now. It's really, that was devastating because we were in such a high after last week going, right, oh, we're, we're away here. If you're a Wallaby fan, we might actually get a bit of traction, get a bit of notice in the media away from the NRL and AFL grand, final series. But no, they've let themselves down again, and now everyone can just go, oh, the Wallabies are hopeless. The, yeah, the, the casual rugby fan now thinks after last night, oh, no, that was, I'm not going to worry about the Wallabies. And again, they fall off the radar. What what do you uh, make, Greg, of Dave Rennie's reign there? Because we have seen, we I, I thought the, the Wallabies showed a great deal of spine and fortitude in that first test in Argentina to come back the way they did, trailing by nine a couple of times. And then they gave up, got 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 a hiding, and then they beat South Africa, and then they turn up or didn't turn up last night. I mean, where are you with Dave Rennie's tenure at the Wallabies? I think I'm like a lot of people, a lot of the players have taken a while to buy in. He's, they're really good at chaotic rugby. Like when things go a bit mad, which is how well, how you guys, how the ABs are a magnificent at transition and chaos rugby. Um, we're getting good at that, but when we're still not good enough at the basics, we're probably not big enough. We're not good enough at the set pieces. Our defence seems to be okay, but yeah, mate, they don't seem to advance. So you wonder, isn't that the job's coach to keep advancing them? But you can't go changing. We're a year out from the World Cup. We've just got to keep sailing this ship, and hopefully there's consistent performances. Mate, I think you have the same problem we have over here, is that um, when the game, when they're the slow-paced games with heaps of heat at the breakdown, you tend to struggle. Mm. Like like we struggle. We we still haven't we still haven't caught how to play the Northern Hemisphere style when it's when it's that game. And I think a lot of it's got to do with Super Rugby because it's always just open and fast. It's just fast yeah, rugby. So, mate, I, you know, I, I sense that you guys were struggling because Africa turned up to play that slow game last night. And, and it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough game to beat when they do it well. It's, it's pretty tough to break down. Oh, yeah. Well, like that first test where you guys lost to them in um, – South Africa, they just crush you. When they come out and they're ready to go, they crush you. Because they came out, you know, you guys beat them, uh, beat them in that last game in South Africa. And then they come to Adelaide and they were a little bit, oh, they, they didn't know where they were at. And they didn't turn up with that. They didn't turn up with attitude and then they play poorly. If they're on, they're bloody hard to beat. But um, the simple fact was we weren't, we can't match them up front, which is why we can't beat England and we we'll probably won't be able to beat Ireland and we struggle with Scotland. You're right. Northern Hemisphere teams play solid, steady, build-up rugby uh, Wallabies have trouble with. But do, when it's open and fast, we go well. Do we need to um, change up Super Rugby? Do we need to put a real emphasis on everyone, okay, both sides, uh, Australia and New Zealand, we need to have a real emphasis on how to break down this Rush D, how to break down this Northern Hemisphere t- style this year? God, I don't think you do. Cause I don't know about over there, but our, our uh, provinces are all sort of running their own own program, the national coach really doesn't get to get to be stamp on it. So you come together, and he has to build it all again when they come together after Super Rugby. So you'd love to say this is how we want to play, but we don't have a national uh, blueprint. We've just got Dave Rennie when he gets them together, going right. This is how we want to play, and he rec- and I reckon I keep hearing some of the boys have trouble going from the real structured. So let's say there's a lot of Brumbies in the team. Some of them yeah. have trouble, especially the back, have trouble transferring from that to Test Rugby, and it's taken them a while. So see, with that in mind, you think the deeper they go into a rugby championship, the better they should be getting. But last night didn't say that. I thought, oh, we're away here. We'll be right. Bloody two weeks in a row against the Springboks, then bring on the All Blacks, and now we're back to square one. It's very frustrating. 
It, it sounds like you've got the opposite problem to what gets talked about over here, mate, because over here the yeah. criticism is that all our super rugby teams, teams play the same style of rugby, so it becomes homogenised and we don't know how to play against teams that play different. Well, it's been borne out against Ireland, isn't it? And also that against South Africa. So there's something to it, mate. There's no doubts at all. So, But I don't think you can't legislate to change super rugby. It's just it's got to be coached into them when they're together with the national coach. Makes it hard, though, because everyone overseas, you know, let's say Ireland and England, take them as the two examples that have been down here this year, they got themselves organised. They all seem to be buying into the same program, whereas we're running a bit of chaos. It is chaos. That's what we seem to be running, but we're good at it. But when people drag us into a fight, we, we have trouble. Yeah, un- yeah. Unfortunately, Test Rugby right now is, um, you know, if you're trying to attack and, and play from everywhere, you're at a massive disadvantage against these teams that just kick. Like, like if we go back to the Brumbies in Super Rugby, they were pretty one-dimensional, Northern Hemisphere style, kick for the corner, driving yep. more, you know, and, and they actually did pretty damn good at it. Um, I, I, I thought we might see a little bit more of that from the Aussie team this year, particularly against Africa and New Zealand where they're, not as big, not as strong, but it's sort of a game that you can keep yourself in the match. I mean, the Argies did it against us last week. They 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 won the match because they were just in. They kept themselves in the game, playing the tight stuff. Well, that's yeah. You've got to pull them back. Yeah, they want to. They go. Oh, we can play really wide open rugby, but there's time and place for it. Last night, the Wallabies kicking was a disaster. You know, not just kicking out on the full all the time, but kicking poorly, and puts us under more pressure. Whereas you see South Africa kicked at us last night. And were there every time the ball arrived, they were there either in the air or on the ground straight away. Mate, We've I... We've got to kick better up. Working on that one. Yeah, mate, I thought Nick White was... His kicking game was probably the worst we've seen um, last night. Is that down to having a tough week? Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess everyone... You know, people say, oh, no, I don't read anything in the media, but I bet you he did. And he probably feels embarrassed like the rest of Australia did at what happened the week before. Yeah, you're probably right, mate. They would have been playing on his mind going, maybe I need to pull my head in and not be such a dick. Should he got a yellow card for being such a dick? <laughs> I reckon so, mate. I good on you. Yeah. It's bloody good to hear. That's like as bad as the underarm, I reckon. Yeah, mate, I agree. That was terrible. Everyone was embarrassed about it. So maybe I'd reckon they probably did give him a dressing down. The team leadership said, you're making us look bad. You know, it's not good look for the kids. Because you imagine everyone yeah. just starts diving like players after that. Yeah, it was horrible. Should, I would have, I would have dropped into the bench over that. I would have, uh, I would have put him at training, put him on the bottom of a pretend ruck, and let just everyone just climb into him. <laughs> but that's just hey, mate, me. Done that. that might have been what was wrong. Nah, because he's still got a moustache. I would have rucked his moustache off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. terrible. Was, was Australia disappointed with him? Like, we haven't heard much. Was Australia? Oh, yeah. oh mate, yeah, of course. But um, mate. He's the um, it's not good. rugby's not getting much of a mention. You know how big yeah. AFL is. You know how big NRL is. They're reaching their finals. They're sorting all themselves out, and the and the media because News Corp. I don't know if this is a more a, a big issue. News Corp doesn't own rugby with Fox etc. anymore, so they don't want to even print any rugby over here. So you're lucky to get anything. So the little the casual rugby observer, not the rusted on dudes who go to every game, the casual rugby observer who love the Wallabies when they're winning. They're not getting any news. They wouldn't even know about Nick White. It's only you know, true rugby fans who would have watched that South African game. So it's, we need to be... The only way rugby, and you've seen it, the only way rugby goes any good, win a World Cup, it starts to get some attention. But if we beat you guys in the Bledisloe, 
um, it'll start start to make the headlines again. But until then, we're playing hell black test matches during the final series of our domestic uh, rugby league and AFL. So it's hard for rugby to get any traction over here again. Mate, I'm desperate for that not to happen. I've got 30 mates coming over for the Auckland Test match this year. Uh, oh, right. I don't be in all sorts of trouble if the Wallabies win, mate. I don't even <laughs> want to think about it. It's a it's a weird one. I don't know if you guys have registered, but it's a Thursday night, the first one over here in um, in uh, Melbourne in Australia. The first first in Melbourne, the first Test match is on a Thursday, which is going to be a weird old, weird old one. There'll be a lot of people not turning up for Friday for work. I figure. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Hey, um, Greg, while we've got you, mate, uh, there was something else that wanted to ask you. Obviously, you've got a bit of depth at the moment at halfback. Tate McDermott's not getting a look in at the moment. Jake Gordon's obviously on the mm. bench. Uh, what do you make of Tawira Kurbalo? putting up the come-and-get-me plea from France? Surely not. I, I saw it, but I, 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 you'd have to have three injuries to start thinking about him, surely. Because, you know, he's not committed. These guys are on the ground. Jake Gordon, um, Tate McDermott and Nick White, they're on the ground in camps the whole time. They're devoted to, you know, Australian rugby. I guess if you had two serious injuries, you'd go, listen, mate, can you come on into camp and learn everything? Because there's a lot... There's a lot in plays in terms of being the halfback. As you know, the whole game pivots around you. There's too much for him to learn just to drop him in. I think it was just pie-in-the-sky stuff going, oh, I remember my mum used to play for the Wallaroos. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's nonsense. There you go. Yeah, I made a bit of a kick in the face to all the young boys on the fringe um, hanging around as well, waiting for an opportunity. And, um, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just think that's a bit... Hey, what, 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 what can I ask you? What is, like, I'm, I love Tate McDermott. He can swing a game, especially I'd rather him going on than Jake Gordon, or I'd even rather Tate McDermott starting. I just think he fires more attack than Nick White and Jake Gordon, so I'm not sure why or what he's done that doesn't get a run. Maybe it's his kicking's not good enough or something. Yeah, he's certainly an attacking halfback, um, is Tate, and you know he's, he's, he's played outstanding footy this year for, for Queensland. Um, yeah, I, Nick White, uh, uh, he's got that kicking game, right? Nick White's probably got the best kicking game out of the three of them, I would think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but gee, he had a shocker on the weekend that he put them under all sorts of pressure against a world-class, um, forward pack in your own 22. It makes it tough. Yeah, mate, the good thing is the rugby championship wide open. When's the last time you saw that? There have never been four teams vying for it with two games to go. So at least that will get everyone's interest over the next uh, three weeks. Yeah, definitely will. Uh, well, what about um, at the 10 for you heading between now and the World Cup? Uh, obviously, Quade's out for a long period of time. It looks like James Cooper's had his last chance. So uh, all eggs in the uh, Lollaseo basket and, and maybe a Tane Edmund or a Ben Donaldson to back him up? Yeah, I guess so. Mate, well, Quade's gone. You know, I don't think there's... Or maybe you put him in the squad, you know, the last member of the squad to go to the World Cup if he's right by then. But we've got to pick and stick now. Maybe a year out from the World Cup, you can build your depth in years two and three out from the World Cup. You can build all the depth you like and you find out the ones, you know, the eggs you like and the players you don't like. But then now it's time to build combos. So he has to, for the sake of his mental well-being and physical game to advance, he has to be chosen regularly at number 10 and we've got to wear it from there. Because last week he was tremendous. Last night, nothing went right for the Wallabies last night. There was no momentum. We hardly spied a shot, played very, very... We were going 15 minute, minutes without playing any rugby. We've got no momentum, and that's what the um, that's what the, the uh, box can do to you. They just strangle your game, and we, we could, didn't get a chance to play with any continuity. So, But he needs to stay there, mate. That's got to be a given. 
mate, all all the Northern Hemisphere teams can do that to you as well, as well as Africa. So, you know, I, I think we're for the first time in a long time, I think um, Australia, New Zealand, Argentina are really up against it at this World Cup. There's there's some genuine teams now that can play that brand of rugby and 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 do well, us. We need to learn harm. how to get down and get dirty. We got to get real dirty, get down in the trenches and fight for it. Whereas didn't do that last night, and you guys didn't do it that first week in South Africa. So. There's pretty lessons to be learned, but you just got to switch on from the start against those folks. I actually don't think it's about getting down and dirty. I think it's about not playing rugby. I think I think that's what they do best. They don't play rugby. They're happy to play in your territory and let you play rugby. Yeah. And and we just get too bored and we're like, oh, we're having a run because we got the ball. Uh, whereas they they'll get the ball, they'll kick it again. Like Ireland, like they they didn't play in their own half at all, not once. Uh, maybe yeah, one pass and they'll kick it. Uh, if they go, to, you know, they they just don't want to play in your own half, and we we get sucked into. Oh, we got, finally got a bit of ball. Let's have a rumble, and um, their D's are good enough to. It went all right. for you blokes last night for the ABs last night. Oh my god, that was some of those tries were super, and that's back to what we know the All Blacks. But if yeah, if Argentina play like they did last year, or last week, yeah, you might break down after twenty meters, not score a ninety meter try. So yeah, you're right. It it, it keeps and on the day, there's no favourites for this World Cup. Yeah, it's uh, she's going to be a good tournament this one coming up, and 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 the um you know the next the next three weeks of uh, of our competition is going to be pretty exciting too. Not knowing who's going to win because everyone's in for it. Oh god, yeah. And then the spring tours that they'll they'll tell a lot. Spring tours, you won't be leaving too many at home. You want to find out what what you've got. Uh, hey, Greg, uh, just before we let you go, mate, I, I know uh, we talked a little bit of uh, All Blacks, but as a former international fullback yourself. If you're looking at Will Jordan or Geordie Barrett and you're an all-black selector, who are you putting in the 15? Oh, I'm putting Geordie Barrett. I love... Is there a doubt about that, is there? I didn't even realise. Oh, it's only my, only my doubt, mate. Wing. Why not have both of them? I don't, oh, no, I love Geordie and what he can do. And it just helped. Oh, no, I, would, I couldn't really go past Geordie. He, yeah, I just, I just find Will Jordan's attacking ability. I, I, I don't see him as a winger on attack, but, a, gee, he's a brilliant... Footballer when he's got Body a ball in hand, yeah, and that's when, you know. So I, we were talking earlier about maybe um, you know defensively having Geordie at the back, but on attack putting Will at um, Will Jordan at fifteen and letting him sort of find some space and get the ball. And once again, we look at all black rugby with jealousy, going, "God, what a luxury to have." We're struggling to work out who our fullback is at the moment. God, so that's we've got problems at fullback. So we got to sort. Not a good thing a year out. We're still trying to sort out five eighths and fullback. You guys have got multiples. We've got not enough. Mate, we hear it a lot over here. Um, All Blacks uh, losing their invincibility status. Do you, do you see that? Yeah, for sure, mate. And that's been that's a constant thread over the history of rugby. You know, the All Blacks will be invincible for a number of years, and then somebody just breaks that. God, I remember when we did it in nineteen ninety before we won the World Cup in ninety no ninety. Yeah, 1990, going into 91, we beat you in one test and we turned around. You hadn't been beaten for four years, the Blacks. And we turned around and went, hold on, they're just humans. And that's what allowed Australia to beat you guys in the semi-final in 91. So it, it, players will go, no, I'm not scared. I'm not worried about anything. But when they look across at those All Blacks when they're in those moods that they get in over a, years, or a series of years, it's hard to convince yourself you can beat, beat them. So a few of these losses, yeah, would have helped everybody, especially Argentina beating them. All these other teams will now go... Anything's possible. Ireland beat. Yeah. Everyone's beating them. It's possible. So it gives everyone a lift. It's good for world rugby, too. Especially at home, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, Greg, thanks very much for giving us some time on, on Father's Day, mate. I really appreciate it. Go well. Yeah, happy Father's Day to everyone. Enjoy. Enjoy you too, mate. Uh, have a frosty one for us, and uh, we'll catch up with you another time. Greg Martin there with us, uh, former Wallabies fullback, and uh, yeah, it's interesting stuff to say. I like the fact that he wanted uh, he liked your idea of yellow carding Nick White. Yeah, great to see, eh? Um, yeah, mate, it's, it's 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 a hard one, eh? Like Aussie rugby's in a in a little bit of trouble over there. They they don't get a lot of media attention. Um, there's not a lot of kids playing. Um, there's a few big private schools that play over there, and it's um, yeah, it's in a big, it's in a little bit of trouble, which is which is not what we need. We need we need them to be tough, and um, I think they probably need to to drop a drop a super team and and um, get a few com- get a few combinations together, and and um, it'll just make them a little bit stronger. Eh? Yeah, yeah, and I think they need. To, you know, the other thing I think they need to do, which I think Rennie's doing a bit of need to get, stop going back to the same blokes that have failed time and time again and thinking it's going to change. Curtly Beal, they're talking about bringing him back to play fullback. James O'Connor, they brought back to play 10, hasn't worked. You know, just forget those guys, move on. Yeah. Yeah, mate, it's a, it's a tough one, right? They, 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 they struggle with numbers, they struggle with support, they struggle with media, even letting people know they're playing. So... Um, they've just yeah they've got to get it better in all sorts of reasons and um, you know I find it hard that um, the head of Australian rugby is having a crack at New Zealand rugby at the moment over Super Rugby if Aussies lose Super Rugby I I feel that um, she's all over Red Rover I think um, they're going to crumble and really really struggle yeah mate that'll be that'll be a massive blow to both countries to be fair I think yeah it leaves us it leaves us without a competition um, we'd probably have to go to Japan. Or all the states, and and yeah. initially I couldn't. I would imagine that it would be um, some pretty easy rugby for us. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, I mean, and a whole lot of travel. Well, because given the way that NZR runs, they're not exactly going to go. All right, we need to be humble. Go to South Africa and apologise and try and patch that up. Yeah. Well, that, that horse is bold. You know, mm. the Africans are playing up there in a better time zone. They ain't coming back. Yeah, they're gone. They they ain't coming back. They're in a whole lot better space. They're playing a uh, Northern Hemisphere rugby, which is which is winning right now. Um, so until we do something to develop it, but I don't think we we don't get the exposure to it to develop our game. We don't get the exposure to that game. The Brumbies this year a little bit, but one team out of all of them, we don't quite get the exposure to that Northern Hemisphere team. You know, maybe we need to um, take some teams, a few more teams north. Um, ourselves like a, a couple of Super Twelve, Super Twelve teams, and we'll bring a team down here. You know, we just we just need a lot more practice at that rush defense because you know when we don't get out of the advantage line, we we really struggle. Yeah, yeah, and something that it can't be replicated just in training. It's something you need to do in game, right? No, nah, not not against the good teams. You need to have a good team doing it to you. And you know, we've if we look back over the last. Ten years, the games we've really struggled in. We've had been up against a real strong rush defense, and um, British Irish Lions last time out down here was probably was probably the start of it, where we've just we just haven't quite got it right. Mm. Still, a little bit of work to do. Keep your thoughts coming through to us on double eight double three the Temper Bedpost text machine or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. It is twenty four away from three. It's 19 away from three here on the Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine with you. And joining us uh, on Father's Day afternoon is former All Blacks prop, uh, prop hooker, James Parsons. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are we? Not too bad, buddy. How's uh, how's your day been so far? Father's Day presents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiled rotten. 
the, the lovely ladies in my household have looked after me. So enjoying the sunshine and, and looking forward to uh, North Harbour taking on counties this afternoon. Nice. Mate, uh, are there many All Black boys back for that one? Uh, Hoskins are two and Nipo Lalara uh, for counties. For counties. She should be a bit of a good, it'll be a bit of a ding-dong battle, that one. Yeah, it will be. Um, you know, the Harbour team obviously going close to the shield, so did County, so it'll, it'll be a tight tussle. Uh, Nanai Satura is out, so that's obviously a big loss for Counties. Mm. But interestingly, Harbour have started Sean Stevenson on the bench. He's probably been one of their form players, so Cade Banks getting an opportunity in the 15 jersey. Nice. Mate, what did you uh, think of the big test last night? Oh, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, it was um, it was, was the sort of clinic that we'd you know come to expect through the the golden generation as we know it now, through that sort of 2011 to to 2020 um, sort of expectation. And I think there were just three areas they really focused on nailing and, and things that they could control. The, the first was the the kick strategy. I, I thought that was pinpoint. You know, you, you had Aaron utilised as the, as the person to obviously clear the line and get it into touch. You had Richie putting up contestables off 10, which are always so um, powerful, especially, you know, with Caleb. Uh, Bodie uses a hell of a lot at Blues level, um, and he, he, he got on the challenge. He, he was in their face and forced errors that way. And then Davey Havili, who's just, um, you know, in some rare touch, especially at international level, setting up tries with ball in hand, but his little um, attacking kicks in behind uh, managed to slow their line speed, which then, um, you know, in a game of chess enables us, you know, time on the ball and ability uh, to exploit that pace, and, and players like Rico um, and, so, and Co did that. The other, obviously, skill execution. Um, then I think it was three errors for 80 minutes in wet rain in Hamilton. And um, Stevie, you'll know uh, it's it's pretty dewy down there at the best of times, and you put a bit of rain into it. Um, to have that sort of accuracy was uh, second to none. So um, there was a, there was definitely a lot to like, but I suppose the most important part is they won the breakdown. You win the breakdown at test match level. Um, South Africa did it as well. Uh, you give yourself probably 80 to 90% chance of winning test matches. and They did that for 30 minutes in Christchurch, but they did it for 80-plus last night, and they were, they were so clinical. Mate, I think you're wasted in the front row. That was as clinical as a discussion as I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm just a code head, mate. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just sit down and analyse too much rugby. I think I've got too much spare time. Hey, um, James, I was, Steve and I were talking earlier about our, our depth um, at hooker, a position you know pretty well, and I kind of looked at it and went, well, you know, Cody Taylor had a good super rugby season, but he's, his form's fallen off a cliff in the black jersey. Uh, Tokiahau is uh, clearly the, the, the best hooker we have at the moment. Um, but should we be concerned that our, I guess, our number two slash number three hooker is a bloke who's going to be 37 come the World Cup. I mean, what else have we got behind there, do you think? And would you be expecting the All Blacks to have a look at some of those that come the Northern Tour? Oh, look, I think as a player, your only form of currency is performance. Um, so first and foremost, you, you've got to perform on the field uh, to warrant selection. Let's not forget um, Kevin Mialamu was around 37 in 2015, and, and he played a massive role um, especially in terms of preparing and, and bringing that edge. And I think players like Colsey, um, you saw last night, he has the ability to get under people's skin, which actually detracts them from their actual job at hand. Um, although the game was gone at the time, but he, he has an amazing ability to just stay in focus in his own game while irritating and niggling others. And, and that, is, that is a skill that is quite impressive at international level and, and can pay dividends. Some would um, say Australian. I think, 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's not as bad as Mick White. Um, but I, I think Cody. Look, Cody's played well for such a long period of time, and I know everyone fixates on a throw, but there's so much more to a lineout than just a hooker's throw. Um, you know, we we saw that over. Um, head angle in Christchurch and, and you can see the lift goes a little bit across the plane we call it when we're training you know you don't want to break that glass you want to go up and down you want your lifters to put you up and down straight and if you go across you're cutting down that that margin for error um, in terms of that that throw being not straight and, and on the outside shoulder I, I mean I probably am a little bit defensive and not trying to make excuses for the hookers but it's not all their fault um, and Cody is, is proven um, at this level and I think we've got three really strong hookers. Below that, um, I commentated Wellington yesterday, and Asafa Moore just—I I think he's starting to send a message. He's re-signed to 2025. He's really sending a message to the selectors. Um, you know, he's, a, he's of young age, he's quality around the field. If he can make the growth and development that we've seen in Samafoni's game um, at, at scrum time, and more importantly, throwing. Um, he, he will be absolutely knocking that door down um, for 2023. What about someone like Kurt Eklund? Had a pretty uh, good super campaign. Do you think he's close? Yeah, I think he has to be. Like, he's performed at that multi level, um, you know, but you, you'd say a suffer having been in the um, All Black environment, World Cup is a, is a big step up. He's probably got the nose in front, but if he keeps putting in performance, especially at super level, He's done it for a long time at NPC level, but his consistency, probably in the last two to three seasons at super level, has, has been um, exceptional. Um, and, and he's extremely dynamic um, and, and gets around the park. But as we've seen with Samasoni's point of difference and where the international game's going, his body mass is, is pretty important. And you know, he's probably up around that 116, 120 mark, um, like a Malcolm Marks and. He, he makes a big difference when you play the French, the Argentinians, the Springboks, Ireland, um, getting you across that game line. So there would probably be, you know, Nick Gill would need to get a bit of beef on him um, if he is to if feature in that international level. And, mate, uh, the two new props um, from where I'm sitting, they, uh, they're they looking pretty outstanding at the moment. Do you think um, they're going to be around for, for a little bit longer and they've worked themselves into definite um, number ones and number, um, number, one, number ones and number threes? Yeah, look, I think Ethan Negroot has, um, if he keeps performing the way he is, he'll cement that number one jersey. Because I think, you know, Bell played that impact role for a long period for the Crusaders and was exceptional at it. Yes, he started more regularly, but uh, he brings a hell of a lot of impact off the bench. And that sort of one-two punch, I think it suits those players best. And I know as a player, you always want to be wearing the starting jersey. I'm not saying that George doesn't, but in terms of the makeup of the 23, I think that really fits that loose head spot. And I don't want Aidan Ross to be forgotten about either. I think he's just toiled away um, for a number of years, performed at a high level, and I think he can play a role if um, you know form dips or, or one of those players falls over. And, and on the tight head, um, I, I tip my cap to uh, Lomax. Left, left out of the squad, um, few injuries, created opportunity. He was thrown into the biggest cauldron that there was. Um, at Alice Park, you know, lungs burning, and he just left it all out there, dominated that. I think he dominated for the whole 44 minutes he was on in Christchurch, and he did it again. Um, and, and I don't, you know, the All Blacks isn't a development team. If you're performing and you keep, you know, delivering those sorts of performances, you, you deserve to keep the jersey that you're in. So I, I think he'll be 
uh, there for a long time, but um, obviously Tonga Fussy um, is doing the business um, at MPC level and coming back from injury, and he was incredible at Super Rugby level, and uh, Nepo Lalala obviously fairly experienced. Um, so those guys are there, um, and Newell will only continue to get better being in that environment. So you've got four tight heads there, probably carry three of them, but Lomax has definitely nudged his way in front of the, uh, in front of the rest at the moment. But I seen him get uh, um, pulled off in a super match this year. He's made a remarkable last couple of weeks. Lomax, Lomax, he, he got yeah, dragged oh, in the first yeah. half. Um, yeah, it was against the Waratahs, I think. Um, and you know, obviously Owen Frank, no Brumby, sorry, um, in Canberra, and, and Owen Frank came on and made a big difference. Um, and you know, he it, that probably impacted his initial selection. Um, but I think we all know his pedigree and, and the way his father played. Um, there's a lot of ticker there. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of want and desire to be the best at, at his position. And, um, you know, the, the thing that makes a player um, and, and the thing that um, gives you longevity in this game is just your res- resiliency and your ability to just keep turning up and, you know, good, bad, or in different performance, you stick to your processes, you go about your preparation and give yourself the best opportunity to perform. And he, he might have a bit of um, gristle between his teeth at the moment, but he, long may it continue and, and long may it stay there because it's bringing the best out of him. Good stuff, James. Hey, listen, mate, thanks very much for giving us time on Father's Day. We'll let you get back to the family. Go well and enjoy that uh, Harbour win this afternoon, eh? Yeah, awesome, lads. Good to chat. Talk soon. We'll do. Cheers, mate. James Parsons, our former All Black hooker, there with us. Coming up, nine away from three. It's five away from three here on SENZ. This is the rugby run and uh, just about done, Steve. But uh, we've got still plenty of rugby to come, uh, a lot of NPC as well. Yeah, NPC's been good footy this year. I've really been enjoying it. Um, good to see a few young kids getting an opportunity and, and showing their thing. Yeah, Caleb uh, Trask going all right today for the Bay. Yeah, great player. Um, great player. Tani Fars yesterday were outstanding. Um, mate, there's some, there's some genuine talent in that team and, um, you know, great, great watching. Yeah, fantastic um, footy and good for the Blues franchise, right? It's all in the catchment. Absolutely. He made a couple of good, strong young kids there for the future, no doubt. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, this has been the Rugby Run. We'll be back next Sunday from one. Steve will be with us again. He's in for the next three weeks. And uh, it'll all be, well, we'll be talking NPC and then maybe forecasting ahead to that Thursday Bledisloe Cup game in Melbourne at Marvel Stadium. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.